Thanks for tuning in to the Linden Road online worship experience. It is the third Sunday of Advent, and we are so glad that you're here to join us. And if this is your first time, we give a special welcome to you and say thanks for tuning in and checking us out. And we'd invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner or leave a comment in the chat or scroll down in the description on here on YouTube if that's where you're watching and just let us know who you are and your email address and if there's a prayer request you might have or a question you might like to ask. And again, we certainly hope it's not your last time, so thanks for being here. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and are grateful too that you've tuned in. And please use the digital connection card or comment in the chat to let us know something we may need to know here in the office. Together as we come on this third Sunday of Advent, we will be lighting the candle of joy here in a few moments. I want to share one moment of joy here with you. A couple weeks ago, our folks here in the building uh, did a challenge to themselves to bring some blankets, some simple lap blankets in with a simple mission of taking those blankets to areas in our community that we know the homeless spend time at and just leave them there with no agenda other than to bless them. Left a note, not even with our logo, just simply saying, if you need warmth, here's a way to encourage you, please take. And the truth is all the blankets are gone. Even after they put them out in a couple locations, they went back to just to check to make sure they were okay and they had already been picked up. We're grateful for Carolyn Fowler and Linda Sheldon as they led a couple of our youth to go experience that, of just being kind and giving away. So, so grateful. And, and if it comes to mind, would you pray for how those blankets may have met the needs of people in this current season? And then on this next Thursday, December 21st, we're going to be sharing an experience for the community called the Blue Christmas. It's the longest night of the year. It's the night that the uh, winter actually arrives, but it's a night where we just want to pause and create a moment of reflection and a time of uh, quiet and worship in a way may be different than what most worship experiences are at Christmas time. We know that in our house, as well as in many people's homes here in our community, the difficulty that has presented itself with the loss of a loved one, and or maybe earlier this year, people who are pushing through grief and sorrow. And so we want to spend some time on what the scriptures call lament, where we meet God in a way that he can meet us in our grief. And so it's a beautiful way of experiencing the love of Christ in a season where it's so difficult. And as we do gather here on this Thursday, Sunday, let's begin with the lighting of our Advent wreath, uh, the third candle, the candle of joy. We are in our Advent series here, simply entitled, God is Us. And it's that, those words, right, that mean so much to us. And yes, we're looking at Christmas one more time and trying to understand just how does God come and meet us in this moment? I mean, we know John chapter 1 talks about how Jesus came and took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. But what it offers us, and as we've looked the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how that God does meet us in these different places in our journey, right? The different seasons of life that we all are walking in. We talked in our first week about how God meets us in the valleys. And we were reminded that we enjoy him on the mountaintops, but it's when we walk in the valley, this is where we get to know him in a very intimate way. And then last week we talked about God in the wilderness, and we looked at the story of Elijah, and we were reminded that when our deepest need becomes a gift so that we, it drives us to be dependent upon God. 
And this week we want to talk about the idea of God meeting us in the storms. And that there are many times where life comes at us, most of the time out of nowhere, and, and it blows up. And, and it's how do we walk in that season? So today as we look at this, I want to look first at the story of Mary, who found out as a teenager that she was soon to become the mother to the Son of God and what that meant. And you can imagine the storm that that created in her world, and yet her faithfulness and how we're told that she treasured these things in her heart, that she knew that God was going to bring salvation to the world through her womb, which is just a powerful, powerful thing to ponder and understand, or at least attempt to understand. And so let's take a look at Mary's story. In the ancient writings, a Savior was prophesied. This would bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And it was written long ago that God would give us a sign. A young girl would conceive, though never having been with a man, and she would give birth to a baby boy. He would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mother? Father? You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For nothing is impossible with God. I am a servant of the Lord. May everything you have said about me come true. <laughs> a young woman says yes. To the unimaginable. Her story is not the first, nor the last, when God will ask great things of his people. And when we say yes, it can change everything. 
So again, in her story, it, it turns out it's a very positive thing, the storm that comes, and it's beautiful because the angel shows up to encourage her, and, and the Word of God comes to uh, give her confidence to be all that she's supposed to be. And yet we know the life that she led and, and all the things she experienced as a mother of the earthly Jesus. Now, let's take a turn here and talk about other kinds of storms. It's interesting that this past year, 2023, that we saw some 20 different storms that were named, because that's a thing we do, right? And in fact, this year was the fourth most named storms in a year. Names like Brett and Cindy and Don, um, rather common names. It's interesting that these names, uh, originally when they started naming storms back in the early 50s, they started, the meteorologists would take and name them after their wives or their girlfriends. And I'm guessing they're must have been a point where that got complicated and so then they moved to uh, in the late 70s to actually adding men's names to that list and so making it sort of gender inclusive right and then if a storm really packs a wall up they actually retire that name now i don't want to talk about those kind of storms what i want to talk about uh, is the storms that we face each day uh, the storms that come through betrayal or through divorce or through depression or through addiction or or even through the terrible scourge of cancer. And when we encounter those storms, our natural human reaction is to say, where is God? And we've all heard people say, why would God allow this, right? Or why doesn't he do something about it? But here's the big idea for this week, is that we never wanna let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. And one of the stories I want to go to comes to us out of the book of Acts. Uh, we've skirted around it a couple times back when we did our series on, on Acts. But I want to take a look at it today because in Acts chapter 17, we hear about this massive storm and to the point where uh, Paul's on the ship and people are so upset and so concerned and so panicked that they start throwing everything they can overboard. And they're all terrified. Now, it's interesting, uh, Dr. Luke says to us, right, because he's the writer of Acts, that when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. I, I think it's that idea of giving up all hope. And I have to admit, there's many that I know, that I've walked with, and then even moments in my own life where it seems as though hope is lost. Even when I think about people who I encounter on a regular basis in our community, you know, where they talk about how their marriage isn't going to make it. Or others that I know that are in a season of life where they've been single and they would love to be in a relationship and be married and have a family, and yet they have this deep thinking about themselves that they're just always going to be single and always be alone. Or there's other elements, right, that come to us. The idea that we're just never going to get out of debt or, or that maybe that we're never going to have a child or that there's just no way... I will ever graduate, that there's always going to be something that's going to cause depression. Again, here in the book of Acts, let's look at it again. He says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And it's those words, the storm continued raging. And I think so many of us, we, we sense that as we walk through this thing called life. Now, again, the next verse offers us some perspective. It says, 
After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Well, okay. Yeah, there's always that guy that says, I, I told you so. But, but then he says, then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. So it's fun here in some way that Paul, as spiritual as he was, and the rock star he is for our faith, that he's not above saying to them, I told you so. And basically saying, if you had listened to me, we wouldn't be in this mess. But yes, they're in the mess. And I think for many of us, sometimes we get into the messes of life. And the first thing we want to do is we want to blame it on the evil one, right? That the evil one has done it. Even the old Flip Wilson uh, comedian talking about how the devil made him do it. Well, the truth is, a lot of times the storms we enter into, uh, it's just because we've made a stupid decision. And that then there's a, a long reach of that that we have to sort of walk through. I think about some of the men that I work with that are in jail, how they've gotten things out of order and they now have a number of children and they're trying to figure out in some cases that they have several different women that they've had the children with. And now they're trying to figure out how to handle child support and how to be present in the kids' lives and it just overwhelms them. And the devil didn't have anything to do with that other maybe than enticing them with lust, but then the idea really is the choices they made. We want to see clearly here that the storms we get into is because we spent too much money. Or maybe it's because we mouthed off to somebody. Or how about simply we weren't considerate and kind. And here's the one that probably gets a lot of us is that we procrastinated. Or some of the young men I talk to who are leaning into a dating relationship and it's the counsel that I can best give them is just be careful with that. Don't rush the fields with that. Don't jump into that because it, there's a serious part of life that that entails. And I'm not sure you're quite ready to make those kinds of decisions. And yet at the same time, we know that if you're not careful, it can go from being potentially ruinous to really being ruinous. It can actually ruin many plans that the young people have for the future. Now back to our story here in Acts. And it may be that this is the reason why they gave up hope. Because these men who were with Paul on the boat, they were in the storm because they made the decision to go to Crete. So it's easy for us to believe that God will get you out if God allowed you in. At least that's what we hope, right? But the problem becomes, and it becomes more difficult really, when we get ourselves into the mess. Now, when we think about the men that are on the boat, right? For some of the crew, I'm sure they were on the boat in the storm and it wasn't their fault that they were there because they were working and that's what the crew did. And I'm going to guess that maybe some of the men had an intuition that this wasn't going to turn out well. Maybe it was the season that they were traveling. And so some of the crewmen probably didn't want to go. And yet it comes down to someone else's dumb decision. This is where it gets messy for many of us, right? Because we've all been in circumstances, I believe, where we're in the storm of life because of what someone else has done or actions they've taken. Now, be careful with that because it could be somebody you're watching this service with today. Yet it's that it could make it awkward, right? Think about it. Maybe it's when your parents got divorced or maybe it's when your company made a bad decision. The truth is you trusted someone in these moments and then it all goes south in a very difficult way. Now, it's interesting here, continues in verses 22 and 23 and says, But now, Paul speaking, I urge you to keep your courage. 
because not one of you will be lost, only a ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Now, those are encouraging words. For Paul, at least, an angel stood beside me. So think about those words. Paul says to us, an angel stood beside me. Now, there's many ways we can imagine God with us, right? As we talk about this in the season of Advent, that God is with us in the storm. Now, we also have to be reminded that there is a spiritual realm around us. And so we have to constantly be aware that there is a presence of God that goes with us. And we can even spend some time unpacking this idea of, of angels and the whole spiritual realm. The idea that there are angels that we encounter that keep us safe. And that's, again, a conversation for another day. Yet we're reminded in Scripture in so many different ways that His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, dwells within you and actually goes around you. And even the prayer of St. Patrick about how uh, God is in me and outside of me and around me and in all the things in my life that I encounter. So again, this big idea for us today is to never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. We could stop with that story alone from Scripture, but there's other times in Paul, for example, in his conversation with Timothy, says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. He says, Everyone deserted me, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Or even King David in Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. What this really is all about, at least in the, back in the story of Paul in the boat, is about who's with you in the boat. Now, we have other gospel accounts. Matthew and Mark talked to us about the time that Jesus was asleep in the boat. And all the dudes were afraid, all the disciples were afraid that they were going to drown. And then Jesus wakes up and he says, why are you afraid? And what happens? Jesus simply looks at the water and says, peace, be still. And the idea here for us is that real peace can come about, even in the boat that's in the storm. So what we need to be reminded here is that this idea of peace... We talk about the idea of peace at Christmas time, the idea of peace on earth. But we need to be reminded that peace is not the absence of the storm. Really, what, where peace is found is it's found in the presence of Jesus. To be really practical about it and remind ourselves is that real peace isn't found in a trouble-free life. In fact, if you aren't aware of this, let me just break the news now, is that you're never going to have a trouble-free life. There's always going to be something that's going to be coming at you. And yet, we believe because of what Jesus has done, that he is with us, that we can lean into a better understanding. Now, what I am saying here doesn't mean that bad things won't happen, that the idea of having peace doesn't mean that life is going to go without some difficulty. In fact, Jesus told us that we will have trouble in the world. And yet he also reminds us that he has overcome the world. But it's worth repeating again here is that peace, this idea of real peace, is not the absence of a storm, but that peace is found in the presence of Jesus. So again, back to the story here in chapter 27, verse 23 of Acts. He says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, 
and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Okay, there's a lot in that verse, and we won't talk about where Paul's headed, but we also need to be reminded, too, in that heading, in some way, to better see that God has more for him to do. There's more times to serve, and even in that moment, in the boat, he's going to be a blessing. So what Paul is confirming to these other men that he's with is that he's not going to go down with the boat. In fact, the boat's not going to go down. And why? Well, because he's got to go stand trial before Caesar. And so we need to be reminded, and we've talked about this before too, is that you can't go down in battle because there's another battle to fight. Or as I'm reminded, that God takes us through one difficulty, as C.S. Lewis says in The Horse and His Boy, that prepares us for the next difficulty that's going to be more complicated, that it takes that kind of faithfulness and journey. And really what it's pointing to is that God's not done with us. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. That There's many more people that was going to be blessed through Paul. And even the fact that we are here today in the journey of life that we have as young people or as more mature people, that God wants to use us to bless others, which is the most amazing thing because it gives us more opportunities to give and share the truth of the gospel and help point more people to Jesus Christ. Which really is saying simply this, is that there is purpose in the storm. To see it without this idea of chaos, that actually God is in the middle of it. And the truth is that God will use whatever he can to help us learn that the storm is there to help someone else through theirs, right? Think about this, if this is your story, if you've survived cancer, you know what? You get to help someone else fight with that kind of faith, that they can overcome it. Or you can overcome unfaithfulness in your marriage where you've learned how to forgive and you can help others learn how to forgive. Or maybe you've climbed out of debt, the whole Dave Ramsey thing, right? Where you get to yell and say, I'm free. And then the beauty of that, and that's why Dave Ramsey does it, is so that you can tell others that it can be done. And then I hear this from many friends that I get a chance to spend time with who are walking through a life of recovery. And they will remind us that they are so many days sober. And why do they do that? They do that so they can tell others that they too can be set free. So here back to Acts chapter 27 and verse 25 Paul says, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Now, we need to unpack this a little bit too, right? That faith is not something in what I see, that for Paul, it's in what God says. And so for Paul, it's, his faith is not in the boat, but his faith is in that person that commands the wind and the waves, right? And that helps us understand that God will see us through. That if we're in the middle of the storm, we can, as we've seen demonstrated in Scripture, we can experience his peace. Now, the thing I, I say to many when we talk about just how do we do life in a better way, we have to be reminded that we can't control our situation. We can't control when the storm starts. We can't control how it hits. We can't control how long it lasts, which is a great metaphor and understanding about people, right? Because you can't control what people do. You can't control what people think, but you can control who you listen to and what you say. Your words matter. You can also control where you put your faith, and you can have faith that what God says will happen. 
So really what this is all about is who is God? Well, we're reminded, right, in, in this time that we're talking about God is with us. And again, we look to the psalmist, Psalm 46, says, God is our shelter and our strength. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not be afraid. Even if the earth is shaken and mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by the violence, we can see that no matter what happens, that God is there for us, that he is with us. He is what I need. He is what, the psalmist says. He is safety. He is strength. He is the comforter. He is the source. He's the redeemer. He's the sustainer. He is the provider. He is the assurance. He is our salvation. So we began this series a couple weeks ago looking at this one particular verse out of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 23, that says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So this is to remind us in this day as we think about the storms that come at us, that we never want to let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. And then to also say in that same understanding is that peace isn't found in the absence of the storm. The true peace is found in the presence of a good God. And that on this third Sunday of joy is a very good thing. And so let's pray. God, we are grateful for this truth. We are grateful that you are our source and our redeemer and our sustainer and our provider and the assurance of all things that brings us salvation. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done for us. And we pray now through your Holy Spirit that you would encourage us to live into those truths in new and fresh ways. And we pray it now through your strong name. Amen. Again, thanks for being with us this week. So glad you tuned in. Would remind you that we are going to share it with the community the Blue Christmas, the longest night worship experience. That's on Thursday, beginning at 6 p.m. And if you're in the community, we'd invite you to come be a part of that. But again, be reminded in all things that you have been blessed to be a blessing. And so go forth and serve Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week. Amen.